This country was built on a distinctly American work ethic. But today, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. And with that, we sent away good jobs and diminished our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make a variety of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more. All made right here in the USA, from growing the cotton to adding the final touches. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs for seamsters, cutters, and factory workers in towns and cities across the United States. And it's about more than an income. Jobs bring pride, purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Welcome to First Trade, the show where we're educating new investors and traders. We recognize that some of us are experienced traders and some of us aren't. That's why we wanted to level the playing field and make the markets accessible to everyone. Thanks for tuning in and we hope you enjoy the show. What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to First Trade. Today, I believe we are at episode number 20 and we're live, baby. I'm here with our co-host, my co-host, Michael Murray. What's up, Mike? What up, what up? I thought it was episode 21. Is it actually just 20? Is it 20? I might be, you know, I might be complete. No, it's episode 20. I was correct. Wow. Well, as my co-host Rohan always says, I can't believe we've made it this far without getting shut down. You know, it's impressive. Uh, you know, 20 episodes, lots of knowledge to be shared. Folks, what is First Trade? In case you're new to the group, in case you haven't, you know, been following along, First Trade is essentially a show that's kind of focused at the beginner trader. Um, and we're starting at, you know, literally the first trade, which was the first episode where I made my first trade. And, and we're just bringing people on, um, spreading knowledge and, and trying to be beginner focused, trying to make sure that we're not, you know, using excessive jargon that's not explained. Just so everyone's included here. Uh, we do have a Discord. If you want to join there, you can ask questions. Um, and uh, I don't know. That's kind of how the show goes. So if you're into it, stick around. We have a podcast. You can listen to us there as well. Um, fun fact, First Trade is actually the number three best performing podcast that Benzinga uh, has put out. So make us number one. Who's number um, one and number two? I believe number one is pre-market prep. They have a bit of a jump on us. And then the Ask Power me. Hour occasionally gets more views than us. But we're doing pretty well, I would say, from the statistics, analytics side of things. Mike, how's the, you know, have you been trading anything recently? How's the market been for you? Yeah, I actually bought Bitcoin like right at the bottom of the dip ad like a week or two ago. I had like 29-ish, like right around the 29 mark. So we're up like 16, I think 17% right now, actually, which I'm pretty happy about. I never buy Very nice. I know. I I like never get into cryptos. But I saw that dip down and I was like, I got to get some. I think it's going to bounce again. And it did. Nice. So it was pretty happy. And then obviously nice, I think nice. we both sold Torchlight, which was yes. which was huge. Probably uh, a little prematurely, but still, you know, books and profit. So can't totally, you know, be sad about that. 
Well, who saw it going that high too? I mean, that was just a ridiculous spike. Like I just, I did not see it going up to like what 10 or nine or whatever it was at. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, but. what are you going to do? That, that thing sat in the red for so long. I was happy to sell it at a profit, to be honest. Um, in terms of cryptos, uh, I mean, obviously good. Uh, I don't have a crazy big portfolio and I know we don't always talk about crypto on the show, but you know what? I'm into it, so I might as well talk about it. Uh, I didn't buy Bitcoin so much on the dip, maybe like a hundred bucks worth, nothing crazy. But I did add up on my Ethereum, um, purchase some ICP and Ave. Um, you know, I'm not gonna get into the weeds with that, but they're doing well for me, so that's cool. Um, and stocks-wise, uh, oil Celsius, stocks, baby. Celsius is still a good play on my on my end. Uh, moving down a little bit, but still well in the green there. I bought it um, and sold it. I, I like that stock, though. I really do. And like I said, dude, oil stocks, I got into a couple of those because I think we, so we had the big run up after like that, that meeting fell apart with OPEC plus, but then it kind of routed again and went back down. I think it's, I think it's still got a long ways to run based on how much it was to fill up my truck yesterday, which was a shit ton. I think there's <laughs> plenty of, of room for oil stocks. It's kind of a mess. So nice. Yeah, nice. I like those. I got, I got a couple comments in the chat. People saying all oh, my stuff is in the red. Listen, in terms of on the day, yes, everything is pretty much everything is in the red. Um, long term, I'm still up on a couple things, but we'll be back. Don't worry. We'll be back. Now, we've been bloviating, BSing for a little bit. Uh, and I think it's about time we kind of get into what this episode's about, what y'all are here for, which is our amazing guest for the day. We have, ladies and gentlemen, we have Stock Swing Alert on the show. Uh, he's, you know, active in the FinTwit community. He's been, you know, trading for a little while now, and I'm excited to hear from him. Got some new concepts, new words that uh, I'm gonna have to, you know, figure out the breakdown for and uh, learn some new techniques here. So, without further ado, I'm gonna bring him on and, and let him introduce himself. Stock swing alert! What's going on? Hey there, Rohan. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, for the, you know, for the people who don't know who you are, um, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure thing. Um, so I've been trading for about four years now, um, but really got invested in it um, around October 2019, um, just when I was moving roles and changing occupations. Um, I'm in IT sales today. So I had a little bit of free time just given uh, the pandemic, you know, sales were down across the board. So there was a little bit more leeway. Um, so I devoted a lot more time just to learning the craft and trying to understand key patterns and market trends in order to try to stay ahead of the curve. Um, so I've been trading pretty regularly um, and part of the FinTip, FinTwit community for about two years now. And just been trying to give back as much as possible to the people um, as we can learn together and grow um, as individuals in order to try to make as much possible um, on a daily basis, too. So um, today I was planning on sharing a few key patterns that I've leveraged in the past just to try to call a few bottoms. Um, but just to give a little bit of a backstory to this, typically when I look for these patterns, I'll try to figure out a catalyst on the horizon that we can then run into. Um, so a few of the examples that I'm sharing, um, if you would like to pull up the screen, I can kind of walk through them and, and display them to you along with the crowd. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, no worries there. Uh, I know you got that in the background and we're definitely going to pull up your screen share. Before we get to that, though, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's one question that I have to ask every guest on First Trade. It's customary. Um, and, and based on the name of the show, it's pretty obvious. Do you remember your first trade? I, I know it's, you know, I guess you didn't start that long ago. Um, but still, uh, I mean, I'd love to hear about, you know, that first trade you make, how it panned out, um, why you got into it and, and, you know, how it worked out for you. 
Um, one of my first big trades, I, I played a lot of like the rights and blue chips back in the day, but one of my first big trades was CGC, Canopy Growth Corporation. Um, and so I had gotten in um, right before Canada was about to be the first G7 country to legalize marijuana. And so I got in about $17 uh, and they legalized it. So I played the run up and at the time I didn't really know uh, buy the rumor, sell the news. And so I ended up like doubling down at like 45. Um, and during that week, like Tilray went from like 20 bucks to 120. CGC went from like 17 to like 64. And then it just tanked. So um, it was a very expensive, expensive lesson to learn. Um, but just from that, that was like one of my first large trades that I was able to make like two, three hundred percent in a week and really got me addicted uh, just to the stock market in general. Nice. When did you end up getting out of that? Like at what price? Um, I diamond held, held it for a while too because I was like, man, marijuana, like this is the future. <laughs> um, so I think I ended up sell, like, cutting losses at like 35 um, a few okay. months later on. But I mean, yeah. not, not the worst. That double down definitely. Well, it's, it's, that's kind of nice though, to be honest, like to have that first trade, have a bit of that excitement where like you definitely have some performance. And then, you know, obviously, uh, you know, you probably held on to it for a little longer than you should have. But there you go. Like that's a great lesson to learn early on, right? Um, definitely. Okay, it's very cool. rare too that you find one that will leave the channel and then won't return back to the supply demand zone eventually. Like even look at Nikola, the one that went from ten dollars to ninety six dollars. Shit, it was nine dollars uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, so it's always important to take at least a little profit along the journey, you know, so you can see tomorrow. Agreed. Nice, nice. Yeah, definitely, definitely a hot tip there. Um, all right. So without further ado, I know you said you had some examples, and I, I'm. Can't wait to get into some of these questions. So uh, I'm going to pull up your chart and uh, let you take it away. Perfect. Okay, the first example that I have is Vero. Um, so this one, one of the main catalysts that I had been reading into, because um, I do quite a bit of research and due diligence on the back end of these. Um, so this one in particular, I've been reading that a lot of people in South Korea were going through cosmetic surgery. Um, and so at the time, uh, it was really bottomed out here. And in Slender, the first first thing that I look for is seller's exhaustion. Um, and so that's basically where selling is drying up. And so if you can see here, it's actually where that red bar moves into the chart itself. And so and it's even almost right here too. And so then that's, that's seller's exhaustion. Like all the selling's dried up. Um, so that's the first pattern I'll typically look for. And uh, then, can, you, can you explain a little bit more like what do you mean by seller's exhaustion? So it's where uh, it's where it's been sold off to the point that there's no more sellers, and so ultimately the RSI kind of bottoms out to below 30, and then you'll see buyers actually step in in order to get the price point back to where it should be. Um, and so typically I'll look for that, uh, and then but pay attention to debt too, because that's one thing when you are looking at bottom feeders, even like Exella um, that I've been playing today, it has 1.2 billion in revenue, but the debt alone is pretty bad. So try to pay attention to companies like Jivo that paid off their debt um, or have at least improved their books. Even staff, um, we, we hit that one pretty big last week. They had um, finally posted positive net income, which is huge, you know, like really turning around that books and, and giving Wall Street hope at the end of the day. Um, and so ultimately seller's exhaustion is just where the, all the sellers are done selling and selling it, you see a reversal. Um, and so what I'll look for then is a bullish hammer. See this right here? And so a bullish hammer is a bullish reversal candlestick. Looks kind of like a hammer um, and very short body at the top. And you don't want too much of a wick on top. So, 
so, so this is it right here. And then when you follow that up with three white soldiers, and just to understand three white soldiers is three different sessions of trade-in. And so you want three white patterns, which indicates a, um, or it indicates the reversal um, from a descending pattern to a uh, basically rising pattern. And so you can then indicate a reversal. So even right here, you kind of see that same thing where it's it's going down, and then one, one, two, three, and then you have that bullish hammer right here, and you can see that it will shoot back up too, along with seller's exhaustion. So you you can almost play this one twice. Um, just this, might be a, this might be a really, really stupid question. Um, ask it, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, first off, is this like, is there a reason, like, why are the bars white uh, compared to, like, is that just something you've set? Or, like, why is it white versus, you know, the typical, like, green situation? Um, this is, like, classic view on it. And so I think it's just hollow candlesticks. Um, got it, got it. Yeah. So, like, but, so, in three white soldiers is essentially like three white or three green candles then. Yep, exactly. Yep. And it Got just it. indicates three different trading sessions. And so that's where if you have that seller's exhaustion combined with three sellers or three buyers, three buyers stepping up, that's when you indicate a reversal too, because people are uh, aware that the price is much cheaper than what it needs to be. So they're indicating that the stock's worth much more than what it is today. And so this one we were able to call from once, I, I believe I called it at like 178, it dipped to like 168 and then it shot up to 344 within a month and a half. So that's a hundred, hundred percent right there. And then always like what I had noticed originally was the algos were almost pre-programmed to like do a hundred percent and then drop off from there. And so I, I sold at like 320 and then got back in at, 170 and now it's looking pretty good over three okay awesome and and one last little clarifying question so is this like um you're talking about trading sessions so you know what what time frame are these candles in and then does this same concept apply across you know you know 60s minutes five you know what like how does that work typically this is on the this is on um a longer time pattern too so i would look at it on like a classic view like even six months or, or even like three month view you can still indicate the three white soldiers pattern um okay. bullish hammer bullish hammer you can really find that on a 10 minute interval you can use that on a daily basis too like when um you see like a, a stock that's really sold off if there's a bullish hammer uh, or if it's descending down and then you see a bullish hammer i would i would wait for confirmation that it's going to continue um to move up but um, it's a good way to figure it out too. And then um, I did have my Weeble up too. You can add in a few other indicators, but I didn't know if it made sense to get into them today. Um, one, for example, here, this is one. This is a Bollinger Band. And so when a Bollinger Band, when it crosses below this right here, typically it'll indicate that it, it'll move back up. But so this is odd. The shorts have been having a field day with it because it's up like 100 some percent. So see right here where it, it dips below that bottom Bollinger line? And so that indicates that it'll move back up because it's penetrated it. And so then right here, it's gone down. And so it, it should move back up and then hit the mid Bollinger band as well. How often would you say that, like, um, you know, the Bollinger bands are relatively accurate? Uh, today it hasn't been accurate uh, just because uh, the small cap's been selling off and the Russell 2000 has been dipping too. So this today it hasn't been as promising, but this is a low floater. Um, so it has the ability to catch wings at a moment's notice. So I'm, I'm holding down. I'm holding, and I'm probably going to average down. I called it at 614 today, and so I'm just going to average down a bit more. But 
Okay, and, and and this is kind of like almost in a slightly different direction. But I, I, as we're talking about your strategy here and how you read these charts, like kind of what does your trading day look like? Are, are you doing this all day? Are you trading the pre market? Like, what's your strategy and and what does your day look like as a trader while you're using Bollinger's and white candles and everything else? So typically, I'll get up probably around like seven o'clock. I'll check the pre market scanner. Um, Weeble has one that's pretty solid, um, as well as. Uh, Finviz too, and just see what is the top movers of the pre-market, and then sift through that news. Um, and a lot of times, the pre-market movers, like there today, was up 70%. That'll actually predicate a larger move during the day, um, because you'll have time during Weeble. Um, that's what I typically will use. Um, you'll notice, like from like four to like 7:30, it's just anarchy. Like everyone's just running wild. And then right around like 7:38, that's when the money market gets to work. Um, and they actually start to they actually start to like short some of these ones, get some easy money, um, and just kind of keep the market in check, you know, too. Um, and so then I'll see what was pre-market highs and just compare that to what it's trading at right now. Because at some point somebody paid somebody paid 70% today for Dare over trading price yesterday, you know. Um, and so then I'll use a collection of different discords um, like Atlas, uh, Sapphire. Um, Algo has one that's pretty solid too, um, and a few other ones too. Like buy sell short, he's a he's like one of the greatest traders I know, um, and just use that as a scanner to figure out like where the volume's coming from. If it's a pump, um, like from a chat room, or if it's an actual news event that somebody's trying to play into a catalyst event, or if it's just a chart play that somebody's day trading on. Um, and then there is a Twitter bot that I just found. It's called like Roland76. I tweeted him on um, yesterday for TPST, because I caught it that way. Um, it's like an AI-based algorithm that spits out um, spits out big hits. And so I've been able to figure out a few of these whales have been loaded. And as soon as I, I have it, my notifications turned on for Twitter, and as soon as it hits, um, I'll check Finviz, I'll sift through the actual company and figure out, like, hey, is there any news? Is there a recent offering? What do their books look like? Um, and just try to figure out like if it's a good play, if there's something to run into, because there's a reason why somebody bought fifty to hundred thousand dollars worth, you know, in a moment's notice. And there's usually a reason why they're not going to sell it for pennies either. So, okay, cool. And and really quick too, can you talk about exit points? Like, oh, so you get into a stock, you see a big mover, you see somebody piling into a stock, and you look for an upward move. What indicators do you look for, and what starts to tell you that it's time to get out of a position, or that you're about to ride a downtrend? And when do you decide to pull that plug? So, for example, I'll always look left on a chart. So this one, for example, I knew to get out around like 330, 320, because if you look to the left, that's where that high was. And so you can look left of the chart. That'll give you previous resistance points. Otherwise, you can use Fibonacci, which will actually give you um, like the the percentages of gains. And so for algorithm trading, which is what a majority of the market is, about 70 to 80% of the trading itself is algos, um, use Fibonacci. That's what Atlas, their Momo team, is exceptional with it too. Um, they do an unbelievable job of calling out the numbers and then working together in order to try to bust down those walls so that they can continue on. But um, Fibonacci is usually a point of, of strength and then retest back. And so if you can, I would always try to sell a little bit right before or right at um, that Fibonacci point. Got it. Got it. Yeah, um, that's a little bit more complex. We can talk about that later on too, because it's for sure. Yeah, no, I definitely heard um, you know plenty about the whole Fibonacci thing and um, Atlas Momo team. They definitely uh, they definitely go hard. We had them on a yeah. on a different show. <laughs> I was I was listening to them talk and I was a little bit lost, but a cool group of guys. Um, 
question. It's a so. foreign language too. Until you until you get the basics down, don't worry too much about that. Just understand kind of where it's at. But ultimately, like um, Excel this morning. Um, so the other day when they did the offering, um, it, it hit three fourteen that night actually. So you knew Excel, like it was gonna run to three fourteen. Um, this morning, which is exactly what it did at pre-market. It ran to 314, hit a wall, and then pulled back. Because if you're a buyer, you know that's where it topped out at. You're probably going to take profits around that same point. And as a short, you know that that's where the wall was last time. And so you're going to pile on at that point, too. Makes sense. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean that's what most of these traders are operating off of, too, right, is, is basic historical data. So then if they're all basing their decisions off of that, then likelihood that it's going to play out that way is relatively high i feel like exactly exactly um you mentioned uh earlier actually you mentioned uh rsi and and i i believe i'd learned it at some point but i kind of forgot for the yeah. people who don't know what it means and you know can you talk a little bit about rsi as an indicator uh why you'd use it and why it's helpful Yep, it's relative selling index. Um, so it's 30 to 70 on the chart most of the time so 70 anything over 70 um, is considered like overbought and then anything over 30 is oversold. So typically the algorithms, they, they won't sell under 30. Like that's just retail traders um, or other people that are just trying to drive the price down. Um, and then RSI, just because of how inflated uh, this bubble was, uh, there's been a few times where like Wish was like just insane. Like it was it was like over 80 at one point, you know, too, because it was up like 50% on the week. And so you have like these massive squeezes because Right now, everyone has been kind of doing FOMO trading, especially in retail. Um, and so they see, uh, like even this one, for example, like it was at 250, but it continued on and it almost hit like 87 on the RSI. Typically in a good market, like you would probably take some off at like 70 to 75, just because that's normal conditions. But here people have been rewarded with chasing as you've seen with AMC and GameStop. And so they have a tendency to continue to just throw their portfolio at a stock that's already up like 80% on the week. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I started to jump all over the place here, but like oh, you no, mentioned, no. you mentioned a little earlier as well that, um, you know, how you're, you're checking in these rooms, these big servers um, to basically see if a stock is like moving on news or if it's actually just a pump or whatever that might be. Um, when you're checking, you know, these stocks to try to figure out what's moving them, is there like, do you stay out of it if it's a pump or are you, do you just kind of take that for what it is and try and play it anyway? Um, so when I know that a chat room's on it, I'll look at level two um, for the most part too, because if you can run with momentum, like you might as well try to make some money off it too. And so it's all about trying to figure out um, on the daily, like if it's overextended or if there's a pullback and it's like doing a, a bull flag on the daily, then you can add the pullback. Um, but ultimately, for some of these ones that are more like pumps, it's more so not necessarily pumps. It's just one large buy that'll kind of set off a scanner. And then people are like, what's this? And then they'll look at it. And typically it's a good chart setup. And so then another group will get on it. And so then you have a crowd of people that are actually trying to play it. So as long as you can stay ahead of the curve and kind of understand the indicators, you can make money on any of those at any time. And I, that's what I try to do. Um, that's why I'm in so many. It's just because at any given time you can try to just pick up a play and make some money like I, at like nine o'clock whenever a meeting has been ended short um sometimes i'll just jump on discord and just do a quick play and make a quick couple hundred bucks which is decent some people's um daily income you know too so um always use it as resources but um just be aware too of who's playing what so that if it does dump you can get out and 
and save yourself um, a bag. Nice, nice. Um, okay, so you talked about your um, and, and sorry, Michael, if you had a question, um, you talked about you know your day, your trading day, uh, and, and you mentioned you know a little bit about these you know entry points, you know these these reversals and trying to pick the bottom there. Um, I guess related to that. You know, how are you picking your positions, your your position sizing, and 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 you know, kind of risk management alongside that? Because I, I don't know, I'm just curious about that. I guess um, because I swing so many different stocks, I'll typically put about ten thousand dollars into each one um, on average, just to at least have like a decent size with one. It, it was originally like one thousand um, dollars when I was like a small fish, and then just like through collective compounding, um, I've gotten it to about. 10k um, just for each play just to have and then what I'll try to do is I'll scale in and so I'll try to find points of support or I'll look for that bullish hammer and then I'll add on that um, and so so I'll combine that along with um, the Bollinger Band just to try to figure out like on the daily what it looks like and so then I'll scale in so typically I'll do a starter about 200 shares depending on how much the uh, security costs um, and then continue to just add in um, and I'll average up to if need be, but, but most of the time I try to find one and I'll do most of my charting at night. So it's not as easily to manipulate. Then I can kind of see like, what the RSI is and if it's oversold and then just build my position from there. Got it. Got it. So is, is you like, is that based on like a percentage of account type deal or is it just kind of like what you're, you know, going for in terms of like what profits you want to make? So that's why you're um, deciding to. So I, it depends on how the market conditions are. When the market's hot, like I'm, I'm willing to go, I'm willing to go like almost like 80 some percent of my portfolio. Um, but you always want to keep a little bit of cash on hand so you can continue to average down on some of the swings that are getting beat down, you know, cause you want to keep that average, um, at least like pretty close to what the trading price is until that news catalyst or that event really sets it off too. Um, but Zach Morris, I believe he said that he does about 50%, 50% swings, 50% cash, but the way the market's been, and there was some sweeps on um, the Russell 2000 yesterday, um, it seemed like there there's something that's going to be pulled back too, at least like the overall market will pull back, but then you'll have the FANG stocks like Apple, uh, Microsoft, and a few others, like those will continue to run, but the rest of the broader market and the XBI, like um, the bio index is going to sell off too. Um, and that's that's basically what's been happening too. Is where you've seen like the blue chip stocks run, um, and so when that happens, it's it's just smart to keep cash on hand so you can average down on the plays that are getting beat down um, because algos don't know what they're holding, so they just sell regardless of what the news event is because they can buy it in a second and send it up a hundred some percent, you know. And but it but as retail traders, we have to kind of stay ahead of them, um, and so that's why it's important to always have cash on hand and continue to average down. But make sure you're not just averaging down and cutting yourself deeper and deeper. Make sure you're averaging down like once you actually indicate a reversal too, or if you are averaging down, keep it smaller, just so you can kind of keep moving it down. Um, and so typically what I'll do is I'll do like a hundred shares, 200 shares, 300 shares, 400 shares, just to keep that average like at the bottom until yeah. I know it's going to pop too. Um, like SPPI is one, um, they have Relentus, their factory is already inspected by the FDA. Um, and there's, they're supposed to get FDA approval, um, in the next one to three weeks. And they actually are hiring on LinkedIn, a strate strategic account manager for Relentus. Um, so it says in there like pending FDA approval. And so that's one that's just been beat up to a bloody pulp um, the last like week or so. But the moment this one goes, it's going to do 50 to 100%. See how it's just like just selling off? 
Yeah. Three like this three sixty three that should have been support. That's when I told people to buy in at. I uh, doubled down on it, but XBI um, is selling off, so kind of at the mercy of that. Yeah, bios have been taking a hit in general. And I, I I charted XBI the other day, and I was like, man, okay, we got support, we're ready to go. And then today, just a bloodbath, you know, too. So you can't win sometimes. <laughs> sometimes even when you chart and you think you got it right, <laughs> you know. And, and really quick, this is kind of a general question, I guess, but I, I think this ties into the audience really well too. But I mean, let's say you're getting started. Like obviously not everybody has, you know, 10 grand to put into positions or, or positions to kind of average things out as they get started. But if you were talking to a brand new investor, which again is what first trade is kind of tailored for, what are the tools and what's the what's the number one strategy just on a basic kind of all-in-one package that you would recommend to someone to start trading like you do or start using your strategies? What, what's the advice you would give to somebody brand new? I would recommend a cash account on Weeple too, because then you can do um, more than three day trades per week. That's the most important thing, because with as you've seen with how volatile this market is, you really need to get in and out on a majority of these swings. Like even some of these ones that I thought were going to be long term swings, like the next day they go like forty percent, and so you need to almost get your money out, um, because right now things are not holding gains by any means. And so, um, switch to a cash account so you can continue to do more than um, more than uh, three day trades per week and then pick your days too. Monday has historically been one of the better days. And so that's a little bit more promising. So um, I would recommend that and then stick to times that there is a lot of volume so you can do momentum trading. So typically 8.30 or earlier or pre-market is pretty good um, or power hour right around two to 2.30. Um, and then just make sure you're scanning um, power hour beforehand so you have an idea of what ones to play out of the many that are available. Got it. And then, and then, just in terms of size and position, if you only have a thousand dollars, you don't want to go. You don't want to go all in on one. Um, but if you are confident on two or three plays, I would divvy it up amongst the two of those. Um, I have seen a few people um, that have had some success with that in order to leverage like a larger amount in order to try to really grow their account. Um, and so I think that that's a good way to do it. As well as Monster Analyst, he he's doing a three thousand dollar challenge right now with. Um, with options, which is actually a pretty good idea, just to be able to hit like 100% um, in in one trade, especially with how volatile um, the market's been today, you, you can hit that too on a flush if you if you catch it like um, right at 8:35, 8:40. If you're able to catch a flush and then get the bounce back, you can make 100%. Like that's Airbnb, um, our group made 100% on that last week, which is pretty crazy. Wow. And and really quickly too, because I've I've seen this a couple of times in the chat. But do you do you follow Alf A L F at all? Do you have any reads on that? Yeah. Um. So Vivi, uh, she's SD Bio Queen. She's she's big on that. She really likes it too. It's more of a low floater. Um. And so she's a fan of it too. She she thinks it's gonna go long. Um. So I would I would grab a little bit and hang on to it just because of how low that float is. And they seem to be they seem to really love their shareholders considering they did a share buyback. <laughs> you know. So, um. You gotta love a company that's willing to do that, honestly. Awesome. Yeah, def- definitely interesting play there. Alf was, um, Alf came on a couple of our shows, or they came on the Power Hour, and they're talking about their buyback program. And and Vivi, I know, has mentioned it a couple times. But um, all right, cool. Uh, I think that pretty much covered most of the questions I had. Obviously, there's a lot more um, in the weeds here, and and I think I'm gonna have to definitely do some deep dives and, and level up a bit. But was there anything else that you wanted to cover that maybe we haven't you know touched yet? No, not on my end, but I really do appreciate y'all's time and giving me this platform too. Thank you guys. Hell yeah, man. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. And uh, it was a great show, honestly. I, I really um, 
really learned a lot, honestly. I know I asked a bunch of questions, but you know, uh, kind, I of, kind of my job over here. So <laughs> I, I enjoy it. Let me know if you want to grab a cup of coffee or we can run it back again next show uh, in a couple weeks too, whenever you got time. Appreciate it. I think, I think, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to at the very least watch this again and just make sure I understood everything. But um, thank you again for coming on and, and it was a great time. Looking forward to uh, maybe having you on in the future again. Perfect. Looking forward to it. Hope you all have a great day. Take care. Thanks, man. You too. All right, folks, that's going to do it for today's episode of First Trade. Up next, actually, I think they're already going, is pre-market prep of the close. So head on over there and hang out, um, and we'll see you next week. All right, peace. Peace. <laughs> First trade, folks, if you do not know. Anyway, this is a show where we're educating new investors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.